SumaUp is next-gen body optimization from an actual doctor that's guaranteed to get you in the best shape of your life in 90 days. You'll be at peak levels for each of the fundamentals that drive your strength, energy, and even your longevity. It's a lifelong difference you'll see in the mirror, but also feel throughout your entire day. SumaUp puts more living in life. For full details on this transformative program designed for the demanding lives of today's highest achieving entrepreneurs and CEOs, visit www.startsuma.com. Hey guys, it's Dr. Ryan. And today we're going to talk a little bit about an interesting article that was published recently talking about alcohol consumption and cardiovascular risk. So let me go ahead and share my screen here. So one thing that is a little controversial about alcohol consumption is that there are there is a, a little bit of a discrepancy in the medical community of whether or not alcohol use is or alcohol um, drinking alcohol and vibing alcohol is beneficial or uh, on the whole and overall negative. And so articles like this, and this is just a clickbait medical article, I guess it was in 2013, uh, suggested that alcohol can actually be quite healthy. It mentioned it can lower your risk of cardiovascular disease, lengthen your life, improve your libido, prevent against common cold. Whereas, you know, there's many other articles that maybe suggest the complete opposite. For example, this article here suggests that alcohol disrupts sleep homeostasis. Alcoholics both during, uh, by drinking during drinking periods, during abstinence and from a multitude of sleep disruptions manifested by profound insomnia, excessive daytime sleepiness and altered sleep architecture. And that doesn't sound like uh, it helps your sleep. Alcohol abuse suppresses multiple arms of the immune system, leading to an increased risk of infections. This is an article in Alcohol Research and Health, 2010. It's a review article. And then alcohol and reproductive function. Well, in terms of libido, uh, that is kind of um, plus or minus. We do know that it certainly impacts the reproductive system. It produces significant spermatozoal morphologic changes uh, involving breakage of the sperm head, uh, distension in the midsection, curling of the tail. Uh, we know that it decreases plasma testosterone levels, and uh, that obviously does not really um, improve libido, at least for males. And uh, it seems to inhibit ovulation and reduce estrogen and progesterone, at least in animal studies. So that kind of uh, contradicts what, what certain conventional knowledge might, uh, might state. Well, um, there was a recent article that was done uh, over at uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. And basically it was a combination, it was a collaboration between two centers. And it looked at habitual alcohol intake with risk of cardiovascular disease. And this is also a bit controversial because there is a contingent of individuals that feel, well, hey, uh, you know, a couple glasses of wine uh, a night or anywhere, or maybe like a glass of wine a night probably is going to be uh, somewhat beneficial or certainly won't hurt um, your cardiovascular risk or increase your risk for developing cardiovascular disease. Um, and there is some evidence to suggest that uh, certain aspects of red wine, like uh, certain um, 
compounds found within red wine, like resveratrol, which is an antioxidant, may be um, cardioprotective. But this article um, kind of suggests that maybe that's not true. So again, uh, this was published in 2022. Let's take a look at it here. The main overview of the article was to determine what is the true risk of cardiovascular disease associated with differing amounts of habitual alcohol consumption. And it was a really large cohort study, over 400K, 400,000 people. And uh, what they found as a whole was that it, there was a nonlinear, consistently risk-increasing association between all amounts of alcohol consumption and both hypertension and coronary artery disease. And uh, the increases were smaller in individuals who had light alcohol intake, but exponentially greater increases in those who had higher levels of consumption. And so let's, let's do a little deeper dive into what that actually was. So again, it was a team uh, that was led at researchers at both MGH and the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. And they looked at uh, 371,463 adults. Uh, these are adults uh, who were participating in the UK Biobank. We'll talk about what that is. And uh, they had an average age of 57 years and an average alcohol consumption of 10 drinks a week. And the UK Biobank is unique in that it's a large database that contains in-depth genetic and health information. This will be important in just a bit because they actually utilize this information to um, look at associations. Um, so they use a fairly complex uh, um, form of data analysis called Mendelian randomization in which they actually use genetic variants. So single nucleotide polymorphisms that were associated with alcoholism to determine whether an observed link between exposure and outcome was consistent with the causal effect. So in other words, whether or not light alcohol consumption might cause someone to be protected from cardiovascular disease or heavy alcohol consumption might worsen it. And uh, you're able to have a pretty rigorous uh, data study with that. And they looked at uh, utilizing this process, they looked at multiple associations between alcohol consumption and cardiovascular disease, uh, hypertension, cor coronary artery disease, myocardial infarction, stroke, heart failure, atrial fibrillation. And it was conducted between July 2019 and January 2022. And so just to give you an idea of what I mean by a single nucleotide polymorphism, so just very basically uh, in your DNA, you have these base pairs, which kind of uh, correspond to the rungs of the, the ladder, of the double-stranded, um, uh, well, the double-stranded uh, carbohydrate chains in addition to the uh, base pairs of the purines and the pyrimidines right here. And so in certain individuals, so there's a typical sequence of these. So as you can see, adenine typically binds with thymine and guanine typically binds with cytosine. And you'll have like a sequence of these. Uh, sometimes there is a sequel, single nucleotide polymorphism. So where there should be an adenine and thymine base pair, there's instead a guanine and cytosine base pair. And so many times, these single nucleotide polymorphisms are associated with certain uh, disease traits or uh, particular diseases or predilections for diseases. And that's what these researchers looked at. 
okay, so what are the results of the study? So again, we, we talked about what the study included. Um, what they found was that light to moderate alcohol consumption was associated with healthier lifestyle factors, which is, you know, uh, to be expected. And, but what they found was that that was really what seemed to attenuate, um, uh, the, attenuate the risk of cardiovascular disease. So in other words, it was more so the fact that these individuals who uh, engaged in light to moderate alcohol consumption also generally exercise that seemed to, to provide the benefit more so than, than the actual alcohol themselves. What they did find was there, if you had a one standard deviation increase in genetically predicted alcohol consumption, it was associated with a 1.3 fold, 1.3 times increased risk of high, high blood pressure, hypertension, and 1.4 times increased risk of cardiovascular disease. And light alcohol intake was associated with minimal increase, although it wasn't associated with an increase in cardiovascular disease, whereas heavier consumption was associated with an exponential, wasn't linear, it was an exponential increase in both clinical and subclinical cardiovascular disease, coronary artery disease, arrhythmias, AFib, um, heart failure, et cetera. And so when they, when they kind of looked at all that data, some of the main things they came away with was that uh, as, as I, we kind of alluded to the cardioprotective effects of light to moderate alcohol consumption are probably secondary to the lifestyle factors of those individuals who engage in light to moderate alcohol consumption, namely exercise. And, um, it appears at least based on this study that, uh, there is no amount of alcohol. The researchers seem to claim that there is no amount of alcohol that's protective against cardiovascular disease. And that adverse uh, uh, effects of alcohol seem to significantly, exponentially, uh, so will unduly affect the individuals who drink heavily in that their risk of cardiovascular disease exponentially increases, increases significantly more uh, than those who uh, drink minimally. And then of course, the overarching uh, conclusion of the study was that uh, as opposed to what was thought in the past that, hey, you know, one drink a night, one or two drinks a night might be cardioprotective. That is probably not true. And that uh, um, in most cases, the individuals that only drink lightly, many times they have other aspects of their lifestyle that, that are linked to a lower cardiovascular risk. So uh, hopefully that was... Um, that was an interesting study. Uh, I, I myself am a teetotal, a teetotaler and that I don't consume alcohol, but many of my patients do, and maybe it will give you guys some food for thought in terms of, you know, how healthy that, that drink is. Again, for my patients, I don't, even though I follow that uh, lifestyle, I don't encourage that, uh, don't, you know, mandate that they do. I just suggest that if they do drink, maybe limit it to like one or two drinks over the weekend, recognize that you're really not doing it for your health. It's more of a, of a pleasure thing. Okay. Well, hopefully this has been helpful and I'll see you guys in the next video.